0: Hey, this is Bradley Weber. I'm the pastor of Release City Church, and this is our podcast. I'm super excited that you tuned in, and I really hope today's message encourages you, gives you a sense of hope, and inspires you to pursue all that God has created you to be. Now, let's jump right into today's message. So as I began praying this week about the direction that God... Uh, Wanted me to share I started thinking about the direction that we've currently been in in our time together Around God's Word and what our focus has been everybody say focus Remember what I told you I think it was last week whatever you focus on becomes your master So you can either master it or it will master You and whatever you put in front of you eventually if you're not careful will get inside of you That's why it's important to always keep God's Word in front of you and not all the news and the negativity and everybody's opinions on facebook because if that's all you see before too long it will get inside of you and then you're going to have blood pressure issues you'll have anxiety issues and fear issues there's just sometimes i have to shut it down somebody say shut it down yep and so so our focus uh, of our talks over the past few weeks i just kind of was thinking that direction and I noticed there, there was a theme uh, for where we've been, and, and essentially it's been this, that there is more that God has for you and your life and your family than what you have right now, and there is more in another place that he wants to take you to than where you are right now. We said that in order to obtain all that God has for us, we must run the race, run our race. We must pursue God, pursue Christ, loving others, pursuing the kingdom of heaven. And we talked about the importance of having gear for the race. And we also talked about having a plan for the race. And we talked about how to prioritize the plan. Because a plan without priorities is nothing more than a daydream. Come on, somebody! You can have all the plans in the world, but if you don't have a if you don't have priorities, in in order to engage that plan, you're going to sit it. You're going to stay stuck where you are. And the church said, "Amen." Amen. And I'm going to be honest we we've had some pretty incredible services the past few weeks. If you've been here, and uh, and I was reminded last night with our um, with our leadership team, we met at the house for a couple hours as we you know seek God and find the direction that He has for the ministry. And I mean, look around the room. There's not a lot of empty seats and some of you guys know there's a there's an expansion of our of our ministry that we call the RVers and that's the that's the guys that come in and they and they stay with us here at the at the RV parks and for just a few months and from getting away from the snow and they enjoy our beautiful Florida weather they're coming back and i was like oh my gosh cuz i remember that when they like took up the whole section guess what guys They've already been making contact with some of our leadership team saying, hey, we're on our way. We're excited to get back. We can't wait to get back in the house with family. And that is incredible. Some of them are probably even actually watching on Facebook live today. They're an extension. Y'all, what what are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? I'm just I'm, I'm, I'm amazed at what God is doing. And as long as we stay faithful to the call of God on our lives, and as long as we pursue His, His mind and His, 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 His desire for us, the, 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 the possibilities are unlimited of what we can do in Little Chiefland. Amen? Amen, amen. But the truth is, even though we can come in here and have inspiring services and, and everything's just great, the truth is, That we can come on a Sunday, and we can get filled up, and we can get so inspired to go on and take the world. But what every one of us in this room knows that life still gets difficult. They didn't even they had no idea that Zeke would pass this week. Like we've been we've been we've been. We've been jacked up and, you know, we shoot texts about, you know, encouraging each other with what's happening in the ministry. And then out of nowhere, something like that happens and everything just gets pulled out from underneath you. Anybody ever experienced that? Like you're, you're just moving along in life and all of a sudden you get a doctor's report that just takes your breath away. There are times when life gets really hard and painful and life gets confusing and frustrating. And I think I speak for everyone in the room. We've all been there, So for the next 25 minutes or so, I want to speak to you from this subject. When life gets painful, when life gets painful, somebody say, and it does. it does. The truth is we go through these seasons where we know what God is calling us to do, but we find ourselves at this place where we're struggling just to keep our head above water. And it's like, I, I know what my calling is. And I know what God is, was wanting me to do, but right now I'm struggling, God. Like, I know you've got you know, something, you're, 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 but I'm struggling. And what happens is, all, I don't know about you, but for me, whenever I go through those, those, those moments where, where life gets sideways and jacked up, I start focusing on my personal situation, and I forget all about the calling that God has for me. Anybody else? <coughs> Can I get some water, <clears throat> please? <clears throat> it's going to be a struggle. I didn't go to the FSU game last night. I sat at home and watched Ohio State crush a high school team last night like, i'm just anyway I don't know, but that's, that's how it is for me. When, when life goes sideways, all I do, thank you, all I do is I focus on on what, my problems and I forget all about what I'm supposed to be doing. What are we supposed to be doing, church? We're supposed to be encouraging one another, offering hope to one another. In spite of what we're going on, and, and, and it, I'm just telling you, we're supposed to be light in a dark world. We're supposed to be offering hope where, it, where in our world it's hopeless. Come on, let's just talk about it just a, just a little bit, right? Hmm. And I find myself thinking about my calling less and less and my problems more and more. But I came to announce to you today these two things. Your calling and struggle are are inseparable. And and, and they happen, and and they're not supposed to happen, excuse me, independently. Your calling and struggle, you're not going to have one without the other. Somebody said, this is not the encouraging message that I was hoping for today on Church Sunday, right? Here's what Jesus said in John 16, Here on this earth, you will have many trials. Everybody say many. How many have ever went through had many trials? You're like, okay, God, I think I met my quota for the month. I was talking to somebody the other day. They were like, man, can, okay, I, I'm good, God. Can you just hit the pause button? Go, go, go help. Go get, let somebody else struggle just a little bit, right? Struggle buses, just all tires are, are flat, right? Here on this earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. But this is what he says. But take heart. Why? Because I have already overcome the world. Basically, what Jesus was saying is you're going to have trials. You're going to have sorrow and pain. Listen, there's no, nobody in this room uh, 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 has walked what our family has walked through, sorrow and pain. I'm not saying that it... That, let, me, let, me, let me make myself Let me make myself clear. You may have experienced the same, but it's different for all of us because all of us have a different makeup and a different DNA inside of us, and we handle grief and things differently. Are you tracking me? And, and the point that I'm trying to make is these things are going to happen, and typically it's going to be at the same time they're not independent. You're going you're gonna to feel the call. I mean, uh, it's, it's overwhelming to think what God is, what God, where, where God is leading us. The 12 acres and the, that, that we purchase and the responsibility that's going to come once the building starts going up. And the responsibility that's going to come to all of us once we get in that building. Y'all remember that movie, Field of Dreams? What was that one tagline? Build it and they will come. I'm telling you, church. It's coming and it's happening. But I also know that in the height and the excitement of all that, there's going to come Struggles. They're not not independent. They they coincide. They go together. See, Jesus knows that if the only time that you and I live life to the fullest is when we're not experiencing troubles, we wouldn't experience a lot of life to the fullest. You know what I'm saying? Like, if the only time I feel like that the blessings of the Lord and the favor of the Lord is on me is when I don't have issues. Think about it. When was the last year that you live, that you didn't have troubles? Anybody? Can anybody just shout out a year that you had where you said, I didn't have a trouble in the world that year? Not, not, not any of us. But I can probably tell you that as long as you have a relationship with God and, and, you're, and, you're, and you're seeking after Him, I'm not saying you're perfect, but you're seeking after Him, I can pro- even, though, even though you experience those things, and disappointments and heart, heartaches and those things in life, you still experience the favor of the Lord. Can you imagine if God's favor wasn't on our life when we did experience roughness in life? What am I saying? When you live life walking in your calling, you have to live life to the fullest, even when you're in the middle of difficulties, even when you're having troubles. I knew this was not going to be a message where you guys shouted me down because what I'm doing is I'm putting a spotlight on a situation in your life. I don't know what it is, but as soon as I said heartache, disappointment, your mind immediately started flooding with all of the things you're dealing with inside. But I, but I didn't come to, to pull all of that up and say, look what all you've got going on in your life. I'm going to give you some hope today. Amen. Y'all staring at me like we're at an all funeral home. It's like, preacher, it's, it's going downhill. No, it's not. I'm trying to bring you up. What I'm trying to say is don't look for, don't look, everything's rosy, so then I'll follow God. No, you follow God, and you go after him when you're in the midst of hell and chaos, and life is just sideways with you. You can give him praise. It's okay to clap in church. So So, so when you study the life of Paul... He's someone that you can always look to for encouragement. Dad reminded me a lot of Paul. It didn't matter what was going on. He, he didn't complain a lot. He bottled, Dad, One thing, Dad, he bottled it up. There was a lot in that little short feature. Just <laughs> he bottled it up. And I'm not saying that's the right way. But, but Paul is a guy that we can look to when we need to find encouragement, when we feel like all of life's dump truck full of dump junk crap gets dumped on us. As we're going to see today, Paul is in a very tough place when he writes the book of Philippians. It's just a letter. It's four chapters. And we're not going to read all four chapters today. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. But even though he, his exper- he's experiencing difficulty in his life, He still has joy, confidence, and purpose in spite of what he's going through. And that's what I want for your life. I want you to understand that today, regardless of what you're facing, regardless of what you're going through, regardless of a doctor's report, you can still have joy. You can still walk with confidence, and you can still be about the purpose of God on your life in spite of everything going on in your life. I'm speaking from experience. It would have been easy to shut everything down and say, God, it's yours. I'm going to have a pity party. I'm here today to tell you, if you're having a pity party, stop. Because pity party will rob you of your joy. You walk around with, what do people walk around with with pity parties? The shoulders are shrunk shrunk in, right? No, no, no. You, you, You put it back like this, and God, I'm walking in confidence that I, we just sang it. God, I trust you. You have never failed, and you never will. And I'm going to be about my purpose, regardless of what I'm facing. I'm trying to get somebody fired up today. Because I'm sure if I did a poll and said, who's got problems in their life right now, every one of us would probably be throwing up every limb we could. So what did Paul do that we need to do? How do we do it for the next 15 minutes? Whoa, might have to come back next week. We'll see. What is it that he learned? What is it that Paul learned that we need to learn? Because I don't know about you, I want to live life to the fullest. And I'm worried about all the crappy stuff that happens. I'm still going to press on and I'm going to press through regardless of what I'm facing. And I'm hoping that I'm looking in front, standing in front of a, a group of people that want to do the exact same thing. When life throws me crap, I'm going to find out what I can do with it. If life throws you lemons, you what? You make some sweet old North Carolina lemonade. Amen. Two cups of sugar, please. Before we dive into Scripture, and we're going to go to Philippians 1. You can go ahead and turn there. I want to just set this up real quick. Here's just a few things. How do we know that Paul even knows what in the world he's talking about? This is a guy who has been thrown in prison several times. He's been flogged to death. He's been whipped 40 times at five different times. He's been beaten with rods, stoned, shipwrecked, abandoned at sea, and, and his own li- his very life was threatened. Bottom line, Paul has experienced pain. Anybody else had somebody throw stones at you? I'm not talking about you and your little brother in the backyard, y'all trying to hash it out. I'm talking about if you ever had somebody, a group of people, take you out to the streets, drag you, hold you down, and grab all these stones and just start throwing them until blood just starts pouring. Anybody? So Paul knew. Paul knew about pain. He he knows about pain. Uh, confusion. He understands frustration. He knows the feelings of, God, where are you and why are you letting this happen to me? Anybody ever said that? God, where are you and why is this happening to me? The thing that you need to know is when Paul writes Philippians, he's in prison once again. And his whole mission, Paul's whole mission, purpose of his life was to start churches, praying for people, loving on people, telling people about Jesus. He's a go-getter. And, and, and all he knows now is I'm stuck. A, a matter of fact, the scripture says that he was in house arrest. I'm not talking about at your house with an ankle bracelet. I'm talking about he was, they don't, I don't know if he was chained. It doesn't say if he was chained by his wrist or his feet, but he was chained to a guard 24-7. Let's just go there. Philippians chapter 1. I'm going to read 1 through 14. It says this, I am writing to all of God's holy people in Philippi who belong to Christ Jesus. He's writing a letter to what we now know is the church of Philippi or Philippians. I am writing to all of God's holy people in Philippi who belong to Christ Jesus, including the church excuse me, church leaders and deacons. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. I'm going to be honest. If I'm writing that letter and I'm in prison, I'm not, giving, I'm not offering grace and peace to anybody. I'm, I'm writing a letter like, hey, guys, this sucks. I wish you could see what's happening to me right now. You have no idea. But what does Paul do? Grace and peace be with you, brother. Like, what Kool-Aid is he drinking? Right? I mean, how would you write a letter? Oh, I already know. I'll check out your Facebook pages when things are going wrong. <laughs> oh, too much, pastor. You came way too close. Back it up. Listen, that's how I would have started the letter. Let's keep reading. He goes on in verse three. He says, every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Whatever I pray, I make my, re- I make my requests for all of you with joy. For you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. And I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day he returns. Let me just stop right there. Let me just say this. You will never get to a place where you are the perfect Christian. Never. Somebody say, he's working on me. And he's going to continue to work on you until the day he comes back. We in the church know that as the rapture. And if you, if you know the signs of the times and you re- get back in there and study Revelation and you look at the news, time's about to wrap up, ladies and gentlemen. And I've been hearing that all my 48 years of life. But I'm telling you, the time is closer now than it was ever when I was one. What is he not doing? Paul is not pouting. He don't have Facebook. His letter is in the place of Facebook, Facebook Messenger. He's writing a letter to the people that, to a church that he started that he was a part of, and they were they were in, in, in ministry with him. And he said, and instead of saying, This is what's happening to me, forget what's happened to me. Let's talk about the goodness and the and and, and the mercy and grace of God. What's what, what is oh, let me just keep on. Where'd I stop? Yes, verse 7, so it is right that I should feel as I do about all of you, for you have a special place in my heart. You share with me the special favor of God, both in my imprisonment and in defending and confirming the truth of the good news. God knows how much I love you and long for you with the tender compassion of Jesus Christ. Wow, if the church would just have tender compassion towards the people, we would actually see more people want to come towards the people that don't look like us. Hello. Like the people that don't dress like us, hello. People don't live in the house like we live in, hello. Don't drive the cars like we drive, hello. If we would have compassion for those people like Christ did, we would actually see our church. We wouldn't have to make any Facebook posts. They'd be coming in day. how do I give me hope? This is a safe place. This is a judgment-free zone. He's not pouting. Instead, he's saying, I'm praying for you. What verse was I at? It doesn't do good when I jump script. Here it is, verse 9. I pray that your love will overflow more and more, that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. for For I want you to understand what really matters. Listen, church. So... So that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day Christ returns. Verse 11. May you always be filled with the, with the fruit of, the, of salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ. For this will bring much glory and praise to God. And I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything that has happened to me here has helped me to spread the good news. Oh, what a concept. For everyone here, including the whole palace guard, knows that I am in chains because of Christ. And because of my imprisonment, most of the believers here have gained confidence and boldly speak God's message without fear. I don't know if this is in the message notes, but I'm going to go ahead and say it this way. You never know who's watching your story. You never know who's watching you go through hell. And they want to see, as a Christian, how how how's Darius going to respond to this? How, how's Darius going to respond when somebody's talking jack to him on the on the football field, saying stuff, cursing and saying stuff. Just because it's football jargon, whatever. Well, how's he gonna respond? Is he gonna come back? How do you respond when life when life throws you crap? When somebody cuts you off in traffic and gives you the. Yeah. Do you give it to him back? What would you do, Pastor B? Mm. Pray for me. He's still working on me. <laughs> Y'all know it's true. He, what's Paul saying? He's saying, after everything I've been through, after all this, I just want to encourage you. Because even in the middle of all this mess, I'm living with joy. I'm living with confidence. And I have a truckload of purpose. Don't lose sight and of and focus of your purpose, what you're called to do. The whole reason you're going through these things that you're going through is because some of it, some of it God allows. Well, all of it God allows. <laughs> but some of it the enemy is throwing at you because he's trying to get you to re- to, to, to shift your focus off your calling and on all the garbage that he's trying to throw at you. Amen. So I started thinking this week, if. if if we could ask Paul how he did it, oh, man, i gotta, I got to speed up. You're like, oh, my gosh, you're already talking fast. Paul, how'd you do it? Because if, if, if you're like me, after I have one really bad day and one ba- bad day turns into another and another and another, I'm just going to just be honest, throwing in the towel looks real good. Let's just be honest, right? When, when, when we're struggling with stuff, throwing in the towel would just be so much easier. Instead of trying to work through that marriage, going and visiting an attorney would just be so much more easier. Hello. (laughs) So it's on those days that we should feel joy. We should be full of joy, full of confidence, and we should definitely know our purpose. In my studies this week, I found four things that if Paul were here today, he would he would want to say to Release City Church. And the first thing is this. And you gotta you gotta constantly remind yourself of these. Are, are you taking notes? You ready to write this down? Number one, the first thing he would say is, Your situation, or I think I put it this way, my situation, my situation doesn't get to steal my confidence. My circumstances does not get to rob me. Of my confidence. What's that? The fact that maybe God isn't in control. Maybe he's not going to handle it. Maybe you need to step in and start working it out on your own. Baloney. I trust in God. My Savior, the one who will Never. never fail. He will never fail. My confidence is in Christ. And my confidence is in the finished work of the cross. It is finished. It's already done. It doesn't get to steal your purpose. It doesn't get to steal your joy. And your situation does not get to steal your calling. Here's the deal. When things happen in our life that, that's painful and hurt, listen, you get to, you get to choose. Am I going to rise above this situation? Am I going to continue to walk in my calling no matter where God has me and no matter how stuck I feel? I'm going I'm to continue to pursue the call of God on my life. Let's just be honest. We all have those moments. Maybe you're there now. Maybe you're facing something you didn't think you would ever face. You've ever been there? You're, you're just doing a landscape of your, of your life and go, wow, I didn't think I would be at this spot in my life at this age in my life. Where's all my older adults at? Anybody over 25? <laughs> Let me just say it that way because I wasn't jamming on nobody because I'm 48. I'm catching up with y'all, Somebody. Maybe you're facing something that you never thought you would deal with Maybe it's your finances that you never thought you'd be at the place you are right now Maybe may, maybe you wanted to be married and you're not Maybe you wanted to be married and now you're divorced Maybe you are married and your marriage is struggling and there's a strain on your marriage because you're going through a rough patch Maybe you wanted kids, but you can't have kids Maybe you have kids and now there's a struggle. Hello moms and dads Because the struggle is real sometimes. Hello Paul found this supernatural joy from actually walking in his calling in the middle of being chained to a guard. And I want to remind somebody today, I don't know who you are, but whatever you got going on, you get to make the choice. This situation will not move me. It will not move my emotions. It will not move me of my stance. I will stand on the word of God for as long as I'm here. Come hell or high water, it does not matter. I will not be moved. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 7, 17. You don't have to turn there. I think it'll be on the screen. This is the message translation. He says this, and, I don't, and don't be wishing you were someplace else or with someone else. Where you are right now, listen, where you are right now is God's place for you. Live and obey and love and believe right where you are. Yeah, but, I, but Pastor B, I need, the, I need my circumstances to clean up a little bit in order for me to love well and live well and, and love on other people. No, you don't. Paul didn't. Paul was saying, I will embrace where God has me, and I will walk in my calling right where I am. And I'm telling you, we can live that way too. Your situation does not get to dictate or steal your confidence. He's going to throw, throw a prayer up there. If you got, if you got a cell phone, this is an opportunity. I want you to just take a snapshot of this screen right here. Now, every, after every one of these points, I've got a little prayer that, I, that you should be praying over yourself. How Because if all you do is hear, hear me for 25 minutes, and then you don't actually apply this to your life, when the struggles come, you're going to lose your joy, you're going to walk around pitiful me, and you're going gonna to forget about your purpose. So put it up there, Connor. This is your prayer. God, you've got me here. Help me. To embrace it and to find the purpose in it, God, you got me here. Help me to embrace this moment, not complain about it. Help me to embrace it and then find my purpose. That's what Paul did. Help me to find my purpose in it. Paul was saying, "I'm choosing to focus on the fact that God can use my pain for a purpose." I'll never forget. When, when De- uh, Robin passed in September of 2020, and then three weeks later, Dad passed, I'll never forget. I felt like, what in the world do I have to offer anybody? I can't give you hope because my whole world is falling apart. And then another pastor in our, in our community, almost carbon copy, the same situation. Father and son, transition ministry ahead of his passing. And I've never met him before. But the Holy Spirit said, you've got a contact with a staff member. I need you to make yourself available to talk to Pastor Jared. I don't have anything to give. Are you sure? We sat in our cafe for over two hours. And God allowed me to encourage him and to share with him my journey and Jared had every reason to walk away from the call of God on his life. And I'm proud to report to you today, he is in ministry, he did not walk away, and he's, and, he, and he's obeying the call of God on his life. What am I saying? I'm not trying to get your, all I know is my story. And I'm trying to tell you that God will use your pain if you will find the purpose in it. You're going to have to dig for it. God, show me. Put it back up there. Put put that other prayer back up there. God, you've got me here. Help me to embrace it and help me to find the purpose in it. I don't know what your pain is today. I don't know what your struggle is today. But I'm telling you, there is purpose in it. And God wants to, he doesn't want you to be taken out of this world because of the pain. He wants you to find the purpose in it so you can go and help somebody else. I'm sorry, I'm just a little bit drunk today. And I'm not drinking anything but water. What am I saying? Keep holding on. God is with you. You're not alone. God is going to work it out. He's not finished with your story. He's not finished with you. And he's going to get you to the place that he promised. 2 Corinthians 1, 3-4 says this, Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all troubles, so that what? We can comfort those in trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. Yes, God. Let's be a church that takes our pain and we add some purpose to it and go and help somebody else. Did I give you point number two? Did I give them point number two only one? Only one. Let me give you the second one. Oh, there's purpose in this pain. That's what it was. There's purpose in my pain. There's purpose in my pain. Connor, I know I'm all over my notes today, but I'm, 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 I'm serving it up just a little different. There's purpose in your pain. Here's the prayer for it for point number 2. God I pray that you would put people and opportunities in my path that I can help because of the pain that you brought me through. Help me to find the purpose in my pain. Take a snapshot of that as you're going through this thing in life. God I pray that you would put people you would put people and opportunities in my path. And this is already happening before even some of y'all are even asking for it. I've been hearing stories all week long of people that are, that are coming into contact with people who, can, who, can, who, who need to be uplifted. So show me the people. Give me the opportunities in, that, that are in my path that I can help because of the pain I've been through. And help me to find purpose in my pain. Point number three, this is the next thing Paul would say. Stay in the people business. Stay in the people business. What am I mean? When you're hurting, don't isolate. When you're struggling, don't isolate. Stay in the people business. Remember your calling. What is it? To love people, serve people, help people, reach out to people, and pray for people. Stay in the people business. When the enemy sends sends an attack and the storms come, flip the script on the devil and say, Who can I love on? I know, I know, I know, I know it, it's coming, and I, I can't, I'm, I'm feeling like I should, just, I should just take a breather. No, no, no. Who can I serve? Who can I help? Who can I encourage? Who can I love on? If you will get this, I'm telling you, our city can be flipped upside down for the kingdom of heaven. I'm just telling you. I know y'all are like, man, you're up there burning. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying. I'm hoping some embers are jumping off me and onto you. And go, I need that. I need that. I need that. Yes, th- there's all kinds of stuff going on in my life, but I need to know who can I go serve? Why can I get the attention off yourself? And-, and I need somebody to serve me. Proverbs eleven twenty five says, "Those who refresh others will them, excuse me, will themselves be refreshed." That's that's actually a promise that God made, and Paul was experiencing it. Here's the the prayer for number three, and I'm I'm leaving out a lot of information. It says this, God, I'm really hurting right now, so who can I help? God, I'm really struggling. Who can I serve? When you start praying these prayers, your joy is going to come back your confidence is going to be rebuilt and watch as purpose just begins to just unfold for you and you begin to walk in the purpose that God has for you number 4 never underestimate what you have to offer this is what Paul would say to us today release city church never underestimate what you have or I have to offer i mean here's Paul beaten half to death Chained to a chained to a guard doesn't even know if the next hour if they're going to come in and execute him. He could have easily said, "What do I have? What do I have to offer? Look at my life. Look at my situation. I don't have anything left." I believe Paul shook himself and started speaking to his inner man. I did it last night. Amy and I, after our leader, we had an amazing leadership. And those of you that are leadership that they're in here. You know how good the meeting was, how encouraging it was, and how we beefed up some areas. Would you believe that we actually went to Walmart on our way to Walmart afterwards to pick up a Walmart order? And I literally drove down the road, and I told Amy, I said, I feel inadequate to lead people. I know that sounds so weird because you're seeing me like this. But I literally drove just she and I, and I said, I don't feel adequate. I don't know that I have anything to offer. There are people who are much more qualified than me. I know that. But through my transparency, I will always be surrendered and obedient to the call of God on my life. And I want to encourage you today, church, as I get ready to wrap this thing up. Don't look at your circumstances. Look to God. Try to find purpose in your struggle. For those of you that like to take my notes and and use them at home, you can write down Romans 12, 6 through 8. I just kind of referenced that just then when I was talking about we all have different gifts. What do I have to offer? Because the one mistake that we often make is we look around at everybody else's gift and we start feeling inadequate. We start comparing our gifts to others. our, Our talents to someone else's talents. In closing... Here's Paul, wrongfully imprisoned, beaten, and had every reason to give up. What do I have to offer? I can't go anywhere. I'm chained. He said, but I got one extra free hand. Somebody get me a pen. I'm going to write a letter. What can you do? work with what you got I used to hear dad say that all the time work with what you got listen Paul didn't even know if his letter would get out to anyone like he didn't even know if I write this are they even gonna are they gonna send it out of the prison can I tell you that over 2,000 years later anybody got your Bible with you today like th- this Bible can you hold it up There's a copy of the letter. There's a copy of the letter. There's a copy of the letter. Letter, 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 All over this room. Copies of the letter that had he, had he he not, had he just just withdrew and said, it's just, I don't have anything to offer. Where would we be? Think of the billions of people over 2,000 years that this letter has reached that caused people to get back in the fight. He changed the world with one hand and a pen. <laughs> Here's the final prayer for, for that fourth point. God, help me to embrace how you've made me and to use my gifts for an, for an eternal purpose. Adam, get ready to come. I know, get your picture and then. Bless these, bless our families. I'm done. Here's what I came to remind you today. It all came down to this. Your situation does not get to steal your calling. There's purpose in your pain. Stay in the people business no matter how bad it gets. And never underestimate what you have to offer. And I'm telling you, if you will get a hold of this, you can have joy in the midst of whatever you're being exposed to. Who in this room has got some stuff on your plate right now that is just a little overwhelming? Would you just throw it up? Just Would you stand right where you are? I'm not going to ask you to come forward. Just stand. You say, I got some stuff. See, I knew this message was right. Stay in the fight. I'm not going to look at every one of you, but I'm talking to everybody standing up. Stay in the fight. Don't lose hope. Don't give up no matter how bad it gets. And I'm telling you, from somebody who's been there, in the midst of your pain, your heartache, and your disappointment, you can still have joy. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. If we let the devil t- tap into our joy, then we walk around defeated because we have no strength. And I've never seen a confident person weak, I'm a weak, confident person. The enemy wants you to feel bashed and defeated. And some of you are probably, probably feeling that right now. But if you're, just, just square your shoulders. Just, just, just stick your chest out. See, there's just something about that, man. See, I'm not trying to be funny. Your problems are real. Why? Because there's a real devil who's trying to get you off course. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. I belong to him. I trust God with this situation. I'm going to find purpose in it. I'm not going to lose my joy. I'm going to stay confident, and I'm going to be about my purpose. So be encouraged today. Mm -mm. Give it up for the word in the house this morning. Well, thanks again for tuning in. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. For more content from Release City or just to stay connected with us, be sure to check us out on all of our social media platforms at Release City Church or through our website at releasecitychurch.org. We love you, and until next time, the best (laughs) is yet to come.